Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Jasmine's First Impression Sports Talk. Happy Halloween also, so we're going to have a great show for you guys. We're going to talk about all things college football, so let's get started. Welcome to Jasmine Pollock's First Impression Sports Talk, the fastest-growing sports talk show in the country. And now, here's your host, Jasmine Pollock. Welcome back to Jazz's First Impression Sports Talk. And to kick the night off, we're going to talk about the new top 10 college football ranking. So let's bring in Jeremiah and let's bring in Cole. So let's go down this list. So the college football um, top 10 recently came out, this t- which is today. So the first team, obviously, is Georgia Bulldogs after beating my Gators 44-20. to <laughs> Ohio State and Tennessee both are tied at number two. I've never seen that before. That's going to be interesting. Number four is Michigan. Clemson's number five, Alabama's number six, TCU is number seven, Oregon's number eight, USC is nine, and UCLA is 10. So Cole, I want to start with you. I know you are an Ohio State fan, and we all saw that Ohio State and Penn State game. What is your take on Tennessee and Ohio State being tied for number two? I'm a Penn State fan, but, uh, you know, uh, I was was not very happy about that game. But I, I think it's weird that they're both tied for number two but but tennessee has been very good this year um their quarterback has played exceptionally well he's he's probably going to get into the first round of the nfl draft um that's just from how well he's played and he's a heisman favorite yes along with um cj stroud and you know some of the some of the other players um but i i think it's weird that they have two teams tied for number two I really think that's just, that's just kind of strange and odd. Yeah. Personally, I think Tennessee should be uh, the number two seed and Ohio State should be the three because Tennessee beat Bama. Bama's yeah. in it every single year. Absolutely. They were college football. The landscape of college football is never going – is not changing anytime soon. Alabama, Clemson – Georgia, you know, you can get Michigan in there. The landscape is just not going to change. And every year it just seems it, it's it's always Alabama's in it. And this is exactly why I'm kind of getting sick of college football. But, I, I mean, I just – I think it's really odd that Ohio State and Tennessee are, are tied because I personally have never seen it. Yeah, I agree. I've never in my lifetime watching college football, I've always seen a one, two and three and then so on and so forth. But to your point, this is where we have to start thinking about extending the college football playoff. I get we're at four teams, but look at this. Two SEC teams, two Big Ten teams. I mean, there's no competition at all. There's no ACC team. And the next ACC team is Clemson. And I don't know. And then, of course, we, in the future, we're going to see a lot of these teams switch conferences. Of course, we know Texas and Oklahoma are going to try to go to the SEC in a couple of years. So there's a lot of things going to be changing. But for me, when I look at Ohio State, when I look at Tennessee, I would I would give the slight edge to Tennessee based off they have the number one offense in the country. They average 30 points a game. They beat Alabama. I mean, Alabama is the cream of the crop when it comes to the college football. And for them to be at home 
and they competed the way they did against Alabama, and they led most of the, that whole game, and then they kicked that field goal to you know win the game. That was a big win for Tennessee, and then they have a showdown at Georgia to play the number one team in Georgia, and I give them a slight chance to beat Georgia because when I look at Georgia, there's some things I don't think their quarterback is that great of a um, quarterback, um, Stetson Bennett. Um, he shows spurts of goodness, and there's spurts of, like, you throw a pick here and there. Even against my Gators, he had um, some miscues in the second half where he turned the ball over and they had some fumbles. Their tight end core, Bowers and the other tight end number zero, he they are phenomenal. I think Bowers is a first-round pick. He is the best tight end in the country right now. He is a phenomenal, phenomenal um, tight end. But, Jeremiah, to you, we don't have any Florida teams in the top ten. None. No Florida State, no Gators, no Canes, no UCF. Anything Florida is not in this. What is your take on that, and how far do Florida teams have to go to get back to winning status? Well, when it comes to Florida teams right now, um, they're heading in a good direction, but just quite not there yet. It's like you're getting right on the road, but you also got to know that you have to have other pieces and you got to fix other things is sometimes maybe your, your 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 back tire maybe it's your rear view maybe it's a lot of different things so once they get those things straightened out when it comes to so many different positions and also building a record bring in like i just always said in previous shows the culture back inside of florida and you see how the gators looked i mean even against uh georgia they made it a, a good game but at the same time you know a lot of penalties and a lot of mistakes but, you know, those are the things of getting on the road, but you also got to fix certain things. So once they get those things out the way, and plus that goes for Miami and also uh, Florida State and other ones, you will have a chance to even just be in those conversations because the sky is the limit mostly for the programs with new head coaches, also new recruit players, and just I just believe in a new landscape of just them finding their own identity. And not to mention we're – um, these Florida teams were letting too many recruits get outside of the state. That's the biggest problem. A lot of these great athletes are coming out of the Sunshine State. And the Gators, Florida State, Canes, we, they have to keep them in-house. Like, we have to start recruiting a lot better. We have to let these um, our recruiters get out there and get these athletes down here. And then, of course, the NIL deal is completely changing the landscape of college football. Also, you have schools that give better packages than others, so there's a lot of things going on with that. But call to you. Let's go back to Penn State. Now, we saw that game, very good game, by the way, with Ohio State and Penn State. But, of course, Penn State has some turnovers. And in 36 seconds, Ohio State was leading the ball game. What was your take on that? And how far does Penn State have to go to compete with Ohio State and Michigan and those big schools like that? Sean Clifford, James Franklin. Those are the two responsible James Franklin signed a big deal. I believe it was like $150 million, if I might be mistaken. Um, and I believe it was for 10 years. We signed him to a big deal to lose to the Big Ten. Mm -hmm. I don't care about the other victories. Those are great. You do need to win those games. But if you can't beat the Big Ten, it doesn't matter. They need... And also, too, as well, with Sean Clifford, who is Penn State's starting quarterback. Yes. You cannot turn the ball over four times against one of the best teams in the country. If you do that, you're going to lose. I don't care right. what team you are. 
he is respond. He is one of the big reasons he that they lost that game. You can't turn the ball over four times. You just can't continue to do that. He is so inconsistent as a quarterback. I've seen flashes where he's played well, and then I've seen flashes where he just makes stupid mistakes. You have to limit the turnovers against a team like Ohio State. Because Ohio, if, if you don't limit the turnovers, you're going to have that happen all over again. Mm-hmm. Ohio State, they're a very good football team. They have great receivers, and they have produced many good receivers in the NFL. Absolutely. Including the likes of you know Michael Thomas, uh, Terry McLaurin. Garrett Wilson is going to be another good receiver in the NFL. Um, that That's really what it comes down to. It's all you have. You can't turn the ball over against a high estate. At times, I thought the defense played well, and they got some big stops. Defense was shaky, too. Def- defense has to be there for them. They have some good talent. Yeah, when I watched that game, me, my mom, and Jeremiah, we actually sat down and watched that game Saturday, and we saw it was a good game. And I was like, man, this is going to be a good game because Penn State always – they always – our battle tested, they've been through a lot of big games. They've competed at the highest level. But what I saw was you could tell which team has been there longer. You can tell which team was more prepared, which was Ohio State. It seemed like everything that went wrong for Ohio State, even when the the Penn State's defense was playing well, Ohio State was not phased by anything. You know, even when they should have kicked the field goal before the halftime, Ohio State would have been up 16 to 14, but instead they went for it. And then Penn State was able to get a stop and get a sack and head into the um, halftime with the lead. Penn, uh, Ohio State didn't panic at all. They said, you know, we're going to do what we have to do. We're going to compete and we're going to hang into this game. They got turnovers when they needed to. And then I don't know what happened. There was one play where I was, I don't know what Penn State was doing, where the, the running back for Ohio State runs, I believe, 30. 30, 45 yards. It was ridiculous. I was like, how is the lane that open? And he just took off running. And I think right there, that deflated Penn State from that from there. And then on the offensive side of the ball, your quarterback, you guys' quarterback, I don't understand. There was glimpses, like you said, glimpses of greatness where he made great plays, great catches. The one receiver, I forgot his name is escaping me right now, but his he had a big career day. But Ohio State was too much. They stuck in the game. And Marvin Harrison Jr. is a first-round pick. You guys know Ohio State. He is their number one receiver. His dad played with the Colts. He was a great um, receiver as well. He is going to be a star in the National Football League. But for Penn State, you, you have to have better quarterback play when you're playing Ohio State, when you're playing Michigan. When you play teams like that, you have to compete at the highest level because you have to. Ohio State and Michigan are the top two. Even though Ohio State is, I think, is number one overall, but you have to compete. You have to make those plays. You're at home. You're in your home crowd. You had your home crowd in most of the game. You have to keep the crowd in it. And once that happened, once they start turning the ball over in the second half, and Ohio State scored within 36 seconds, it was down from there. But Jeremiah, to you, how far can Ohio State go? We saw what they did. You know, having adversity in that game. What do you see in Ohio State now? Can they go all the way and maybe win it? I feel like Ohio State, they're they're a very strong team. Um, When it comes to these last games, um, especially the game before this last one, of course, they're blowing teams out. But when it gets those close games, I am happy what I seen when it came to that Penn State because, I mean, it fell in their lap and then they just turned on that switch and just took off in in that fourth quarter. 
to be honest, that switch right there is just so lethal because it caught Penn State just, you know, by a gasp of air because literally it just happened so fast. You know, they got the stop and then you see them getting a touchdown, then they get another turnover and then it just comes really fast. And I feel like going forward, they will have to come out just as they did that fourth quarter. They have to keep the 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 I would just say the foot on the gas when it comes to just their offense mm-hmm. because you've seen a lot of struggles they had, especially in the earlier parts. Um, of course, Penn State played them great, but I yeah. just feel like they could have played much better if they really want to go far because you're about to bump into a lot of teams like Tennessee, which is very hungry, and also plenty of other ones that you know are looking to take you out because just like Cole like a lot of people don't like Ohio State yeah they really want to give them their first L and not to mention what you said I think Ohio State is a strong team but when you get to that playoff and look I'm looking at you know it that big there's going to be a big game between them and uh, of course Michigan that's always a big playoff implication game but you never know they're going to try some way in some form to put Alabama in the Final four. They're going to find some way to put Alabama back in the four. They do not like Alabama sitting at number six. They don't like it. It's it's making them very upset because I'm glad they're they're out of the top. They're not they're out of the top four. I'm tired of seeing Alabama. I'm tired of seeing the number one. I'm tired of seeing them. But they are going to find a way to put Alabama in this. So when I look at it, Clemson has been shaky all year to me. I don't really trust Clemson, even though they're on the outside looking in, but. That Ohio State and Michigan game and then Georgia and Tennessee, the, one of the teams are going to fall out of the four. One of them are going to fall regardless and watch Alabama jump right back in it. And it's, you know, it's really annoying because um, Alabama, I don't think this is the best Alabama team that we've seen in recent years, but I don't want to see Alabama in any national championship. I am tired of seeing them. I'm so tired of seeing them. Cole, you can agree. Jeremiah, I'm sure you guys can agree. I, we are sick of Alabama. Alabama doesn't look good this year. They don't. They, they barely won against Texas. They should have lost to Texas. They should have lost to Texas A&M. And look, look, they lost to Tennessee, a very good team. They should have three losses right now. Alabama should. But Cole, for before we go to break, what is your last? What is your last thoughts on Alabama? Do you see them maybe trying to sneak them back in? It's the college football playoff committee. This is all a money scheme. That's all the college football playoff is, and that's all that committee is looking for. What are the ways that I can make the most money as possible? It would not surprise me if Alabama ends up in the college football playoff. For sure. So that wraps up this segment. We're going to go into a short break, and in the second segment, we're going to talk about more college football playoff. Uh, Deion Sanders having the Jackson State on prime time of college game day that is huge and we're going to talk about michigan state and michigan's brawl and those players being suspended so we'll be right back renting is everything it's style at your doorstep off the runway and into your closet it's every trend you've been dying to try and Every designer you've yet to discover. It's wearing it your way every time and making it count everywhere you go. It's never worrying about what to wear because something new is always coming your way. That's why renting is everything. 
new styles, top designers, all for a flat monthly fee. Start your subscription at renttherunway.com. Slow roasted over hickory fire and pulled by hand. This is the way pit pork has always been done. Pulled pork lovers, rejoice. The smoky old days are back at the Smoke Shack. From the creative team that brought you The Browning Project and Dead by Morning comes a new thriller that will change the way you look at white-collar crime forever. Falling from the sky. You're watching Jasmine Pollock's First Impression Sports Talk. Be sure to join Jasmine every week for great conversation on the NBA, NFL, and a wide variety of sports topics. To see past episodes of First Impression Sports Talk, go to YouTube and search First Impressions Sports Talk. You can connect with Jasmine on LinkedIn by searching Jasmine Pollock. And now, back to more First Impressions Sports Talk. Welcome back to Jazz's First Impressions Sports Talk and the voices you just heard from Kelly Johnson and Dion Hunter. If you like voices of work done for your projects, you can go to the Leon Thomas group and get in contact with Leon Thomas. If you'd like to be a guest on my show and see past episodes of my show, you go to my website at jasmineonsports.com. Now, the second segment, we're going to talk about Jackson State. Now, we've been hearing for the past couple of years about Jackson State and Deion Sanders completely changing the face of HBCU football and HBCUs as a whole. They had college game day in Mississippi, at Jackson State. Jeremiah, I want to bring you in. Cole, I want to bring you in. How big, I'll start with you, Jeremiah. How big is this? Primetime. I mean, that's his name. But primetime getting his team there, and they won 35 to 0, by the way. What does that mean for Jackson State, and how big of an impact is Dion having? Well, first, where I could just think of is just life. Like, he is giving that organization and that school so much life when it comes to just his presence there. The way he believes in those players, he is a big motivator when it comes to that whole team. You know, especially having a, a big caliber person like himself to come right into that organization just make a big impact is just something that is just so underrated to me and it's not just about you know what he did in his resume before but what he, he just bring into the team you know just his presence and you see that follows him that follows with him as he's right there in jackson state just like you said college game day was over there and i just feel like with so much media coverage and everything else, it puts so many other things inside that organization mm -hmm. on the map as well. Not just the players, but also different departments inside that school, different reaches of many kids that's just watching on TV that's just like, I want to go there when I get older. I want to just accomplish this. A lot of women seeing um, their their um, their their cheerleaders, you know, the flag art. Yes, this right. inspires so much, and it's just a beautiful thing to see. HBCUs have a culture already, but when you add somebody like Deion Sanders, the best cornerback in that, that football's ever seen currently, I don't, there's no better cornerback than him. He had the swag, he had the pizzazz, he had everything in the book. 
and now he's a head coach and he always wanted to be a coach but now that he is in this position to bring hbcus and put them on the map and literally he is snatching the power away from he's starting to snatch the power away from these big schools and getting these top recruits saying i want to go play with coach coach dion i want to go play with coach sanders who wouldn't want to go play with coach sanders been in the league national championship no champion but my biggest thing was just seeing that when florida state had a job opening to be a head coach for head coaching and he was on the market at the time he chose jackson state he went to florida state won there got drafted from there i mean he he's a florida boy all together he chose jackson state and that goes to show you where his mind is that goes to show you where his heart is and what he wanted to do and what he envisioned himself doing so cole i want to go to you being that we saw them on college game day this past saturday can hbcus build up the the audience to go compete with an Alabama, a Texas A&M, a Georgia. Do you see that happening soon? Um, in the short term, no. It's just not going to happen. Those uh, those schools like Alabama, yeah, the Ohio States, the Clemsons, the Georgias, it's going to take a lot of time to take away the power that they have. Now, Jackson State and Deion Sanders, for him to be go and be the head coach there, they're going to attract some good recruits. You're going to play for Deion Sanders, an NFL veteran, one of the best players in the league of all time. That's huge for a school like that. It's a great way to attract recruits. And for them to go and be on college game day, that's big for them. That's big for the program. It's going to take time, as I said, to take the power away from those schools just because of how successful those schools have been instill the amount of great recruits that they've gotten over the years and currently still get mm -hmm. as well too, you know, Jackson state, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I don't know where that's located at. <laughs> um, it's in Mississippi. <laughs> okay. It's in Mississippi. All right. But also as well, people need to take this in mind with the Supreme court bringing in NIL name, image, and likeness, that is a game changer for college football. It is. That's why that some of these big, highly touted recruits are going to go play at these at, at some of these big schools. Right. Like for example, USC. USC is going to be good in a couple years. Mm -hmm. Jordan Addison. Jordan Addison was, played at Pitt. He was a good receiver there. He's probably he's going to go – somewhere between the first through third round of the NFL draft this year. I'm leaning more towards first and second, but that is so big for them. And the reason why he went to USC was because of NIL. I NIL agree. is game changing college football and recruits are now going to go where they can get an NIL deal. I agree with that. I like that. Um, I like that take, but when I look at Jackson state, even though, when you have these big NIL deals and you're starting to see, of course, these schools, like I said in the previous segment, about them having these big packages and a lot of these teams are giving them a lot of packages. Deion Sanders, what the pull he's having, he knows how to sit down and talk to the moms and the families on how to get those guys there. He even had Nick Saban talking in the offseason. I mean, he is – Nick Saban is paying attention. Like, everybody in Mississippi, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, all those schools pay attention – 
to what Jackson State is doing, especially with um, what Dion is bringing, especially the players. These are not just average players. These are top players that most likely we'll see playing on Sundays. He is bringing a certain culture, not just to Jackson State, but all the HBCUs where there's going to be a trend that we're going to see in the future that's going to change the landscape of a lot of things. Now, he did say before that he he could take a deal with a Power 5 school. I could see Dion doing that, but I feel like he wants to get work done with the HBCUs first before he goes over to a, a one of those big schools like in Alabama or Georgia, those big schools like that. But one of my that was the probably one of the biggest splashes in co that coach, college football has seen in a long time. Him going over there when the the Florida State position was open. I mean, it was they would have gave it to him hands down, and I'm pretty sure he would have turned Florida State around 100. percent But he chose Jackson State all the way in Mississippi and HBCU school. That is huge for the program. Them being in college football college football game day, having Stephen A. Smith, having all the top guys, the media personalities there in that atmosphere is going to be huge. So definitely watch out for HBCUs in the next five, 10 years. There's going to be a major blow up. But let's get into another segment, Michigan State and Michigan. Now, we saw that game, Michigan destroyed Michigan State. But after the game was what was the biggest thing talked about when Michigan State players jumped one of the Michigan players and they have been suspended. So Cole, now to me, they should not have been suspended. They should have been kicked off the team. You don't do stuff like that. But what was your take on that game? And what is your take on that big brawl that happened afterwards? Yeah, I mean, I, I understand Michigan and Michigan State is a big rivalry. But you can't go out and you can't do that to another player. You need to learn, and everyone has to learn this, that when you play a sport, you win as a team, you lose as a team. It's about sportsmanship. I'm going to be honest with you, the sport that shows the best sportsmanship, and that's hockey. I do, you know what I see? do you want to know what I see after a hard-fought playoff series? The handshake line. Yes. I love that. I love that. That's why hockey is one of the best sports to watch, and I love that they have that at the end of a playoff series. After a hard-fought playoff mm -hmm. series – you congratulate the players on the other team for moving on, you know, yep. but you can't go out and you can't jump people after the game because you lost and you're mad. That's <laughs> not right. You can't go out and do that stuff. There's rules. Now they're suspended. Personally, kick them off the team. Agreed. You're in college football. You are a college student. You should know sportsmanship. And you should know respect. If you act like a fool, then you know what? There's the door. Kick them off the team. Yep. That will get a big lesson to them because you cannot do that at the college football level. I understand it's sports, and sports get very emotional. Mm -hmm. But still, there is no excuses for that at all. Jeremiah, your take on that whole brawl? Yes, I, I think uh, I agree. There is no place for that. I mean, you had over an hour and a half or just even two hours to be on the field with those dudes. And you could have had your frustration by just playing good football and maybe beat Michigan like you guys did last year. But you guys want to use all this energy after the game is already done to put your anger out and just jump him right there while you guys are going to the locker rooms. 
Now, mind you, I don't think that, of course, that Michigan players should have been over there afterwards, you know, taunting yes. them and everything else. That's why I feel like there needs to be more security in there so both teams can be separated. Because if you know it's a huge rivalry like this, you already know it's going to be chipping chip, everywhere. So mm-hmm. you already know it's going to be a lot of scuffles. But there is no place in football for that that type of thing that just happened with them jumping. And that is really assault for them to even use the helmet to even hit the other player exactly. without him even having the helmet. So they could just even be charged adults because this is all for the football field. This is right here in the locker rooms right now. And I agree with you that they should be kicked off of the team and no questions about it. There's no room for that at all. And I agree with 100% with you and Cole. There's no room for you to be jumping anybody, anyone. Don't, especially as an athlete, you are representing the school. You're representing college football playoff. You're you're representing any conglomerate college football, anything. You're representing so many things. And you jeopardize your football career because you're upset that you got blown out. On a, on a football game. That's ridiculous. And if you have, you should have had that energy on the field. You should have competed on the field. Don't wait. And Jeremiah, I agree. The Michigan player, I don't know what he was doing, antagonizing or chastising them at all. You shouldn't be over there. Now, I, I, I'm i I'm all for trash talk. I find it funny. It's amusing. It adds a little spice to the game. But you jumping somebody, when you're putting hands on somebody, that's totally different. That's something else. That's hatred. That's you being upset. That's you not being able to control your feelings. So for me, the Michigan State players that were involved in that need to be kicked off the team, not suspended. That's that you don't do that. And for the coaches, where were you? Why aren't you saying, okay, guys, you're going this locker room or you wait till the first team goes in and we'll wait and you control your players. No other player should be in anyone's uh, anyone else's locker room. They shouldn't be anywhere else other than where their team is. Celebrate your win. Do what you have to do and get back to what you guys have to do. Get back on the bus or whatever. There should be no room for that at all. And that is a bad look on Michigan State. And, you know, that jeopardized that. You never know what that can do to the whole team as far as chemistry, as far as coaching. That that does a lot of different things. Somebody could have gotten hurt. Somebody could have gotten in very injured very badly. And that's just uncalled for. But um, that wraps up. Uh, Jasmine Pollock's First Impression Sports Talk. Thank you, Cole. Thank you, Jeremiah. That was a great show. We're going to continue to talk. We're going to continue to talk about college football playoff. Next week, we are going to talk about the Georgia and Tennessee game. That is a huge SEC game that we're going to talk about. We'll talk about that next week. Have a good night. (laughs) 